I just wanted to open us in prayer. Uh, Father, thank you for the folks that have come here this morning. Please help me say the words that will equip them to be um, doing your work. We do the Father's work. And uh, please uh, give me wisdom in what I say and uh, in our discussions. And uh, please pray for uh, Megan and Jared in particular. And we just uh, grieve with them. And at the same time, we have great hope because of your word, because of your love on the cross. And I pray for Pastor Rich this morning as he preaches and uh, for all the elders and deacons as they do their work in the church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, Jared's not here, but he's a celebrity now. Um, I, I don't want to uh, misquote this. You can correct me, Clint, but 214.59. In, oh, Dennis. Um, Actually, there's, there's two times. Uh, one time Wow. Well, you know what? In that, in those races, sometimes it comes down. If you saw Army and Navy yesterday, they played. And, um, you know, that's really a service academy. That's a big deal. And um, it came down to the one-inch line between victory and defeat. So Army won. And last year when they played, it came down to the one-inch line. It's unbelievable. It's like every year, it's, it's that far away. But uh, 214.58, that, that's a little over five minutes a mile, right? <laughs> 509. 509. Alternate universe. <laughs> <laughs> for, for 26 miles. 26.2 <laughs> miles. And he was only like 11 or 10 minutes behind the world, world record, right? World record is just over two hours. It's like two hours. Wow. You know what? And that was his first marathon. I mean, you get better as you do more. You wanting me to just pontificate? I'm trying to do it for you, man. And so he's he's he's. Oh, go ahead. Oh goodness! Are you kidding? There's 221 runners that have qualified for the Olympic trials. He's ranked 63rd. His time is. Wow. Now, I, I, I'll, I'll tell this story. I told that to Bruce, and I know you heard this guy. Uh, we were on the plane on the way back, and, you know, one of the things that, of course, we need to talk about after the fact, I, I looked at him and I said, well, okay, now that you've done it, I said, you're like the dog that's been chasing the garbage truck, and you caught it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do now? Yeah. And so we're going to see. He, he, I was driving down K this morning, and I saw him. He's out my right now as we speak. So. I'm so proud of him because that takes a lot of hard work, commitment, investment. And so he's going to be one of uh, three runners com- competing for the Olympics. Out of the Olympic trials, they only take three. Okay. And you have to run an Olympic qualifying time of 208.40. Oh, he can do that. About six minutes faster. He can do it. Before February 3rd. And it's, by the way, it's nationally televised on NBC. Oh, watch party. Watch party. (laughs) Saturday morning, February 3rd. It's right now scheduled for 10 o'clock Eastern time. They could change it because Orlando, Florida, and we've already gone to plane tickets, by the way. (laughs) The whole thing. And they could change the time. If you go to their website, it says they moved it from noon down to 10 because of Keep keep us posted because the the one if he qualifies for the Olympics, I mean it'd be the Olympics in Paris, right? Oh yeah, be in Paris. Okay. Well look, that's my segue because speaking of France, I'm reminded of an event that occurred um, in World War II following the evacuation of the British and French armies from Dunkirk, you remember that? As the German tide swept through France, Winston Churchill, 
who also served as the conservative prime minister of Britain in the House of Commons, he said this on 4 June 1940, and I'm going to call on Winston. You're doing good. That's why I called on you. Whatever the cost may be, we shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Isn't that powerful? <laughs> nice job, Bruce. <laughs> 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 so, so, you know, I love that quote. They, they did fight and they did win. And that's a battle in the flesh. And uh, of course, there was a spiritual component, good and evil, but certainly a battle in the flesh on the hills. Um, we fight a different kind of battle. You know, we have to remember that our battle is a spiritual battle and we're fighting against the forces of darkness. And, you know, I took a shot at adapting Churchill's quote. That's why I wanted him to be a contrast to the Southern or, you know, my, <laughs> my language. But um, I, I wrote this during the Army-Navy game, so forgive me if it sounds a little combative, but it's not. It's in, in the Lord's strength, in the power of the Spirit, not in our own power. We have to remember that. Uh, but we shall fight in the prayer closet to move mountains. We shall fight in the voting booth to choose candidates that do not advance the abortion agenda and are pro-life. We will fight with our wallets by supporting pro-life agencies. We shall fight from the pulpit to bring God's light on this corrupt practice that kills the innocent. We shall fight by aligning with organizations that provide the necessary resources to women, including adoption. We shall fight on the sidewalks, providing the gospel of hope to those who are considering abortion, to those who have had an abortion, and other pro-life members who do not know Christ. We will fight to reflect and advance the gospel with whomever he puts in our path, because we are children of God. And we will not just affirm the evil of abortion, but we will engage in action and we will never surrender. You know, I, I think as a church, I'm talking about the church uh, broadly across our nation, not just New Community Church, but I, I think there are a number of churches that do a great job advocating against this practice. And, you know, there's sermons, there's teaching the truth of God's word, and there's a Generally, you know, most churches do that and hold this position, and certainly we do and have for a long time. I think, you know, how do we turn that into action, you know, that goes beyond the walls of the church and the teaching? And that's what, you know, we ultimately are going to end this class and hopefully do something that can sustain the effort and actually uh, create opportunities to impact these, these forums. But who is our enemy in this battle? Yeah, yeah. It's not the, it's not the people on the sidewalk. It's not the girls or, or people that are party to abortion. It's Satan. So I wanted to remind you, you know, Sun Tzu, when I was in college, that was, he was a uh, Chinese military general, strategist, philosopher, writer, who lived in about 500 BC. We had to read a book, it was mandatory, it was called The Art of War. And he wrote that book. And uh, you know, it was influencing military strategy. So I was in a military academy. But the number one thing that you have to do to prepare for battle of any type is know your enemy. 
know your enemy. So, you know, first and foremost, Satan is our enemy. And the Bible tells us the following. We won't look up too many of these verses, but it's important to know our enemy and what he's up to. So Satan is a personal being with a mind, emotions, and a will. We know that from Job 1 and Matthew 4, 1 to 12. He's a created being. He's not equal to God. Have a reference, Ezekiel 28, 15. And I can post this so you don't have to take a lot of notes. Um, Satan is not omnipresent, but he does oversee a horde of demons called the power of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, that's Ephesians 6, 12. And he uses this network to tempt and deceive people. Um, he actively seeks and works to nullify the effect of the word of God in people's hearts. So when we're on the sidewalks, when we're other places within the walk of our life, we know he's seeking to nullify the word of God. Would anyone... Want to read Matthew 13, 3 and 4? Matthew 13, 3 to 4, and then verse 19 after that. 3 through 4 and then 19? Uh, yeah, 3 and 4 and then 19. Matthew 13, 3 and 4. And he told them many things in parables, saying, The sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. And then 19? Uh, 19. And anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what the sown along the path. Yeah, so, so Satan wants to nullify the word of God. He also wants to blind the intellect of those who do not believe so they cannot understand the gospel. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, anyone want to grab that? In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Okay. Hey, Scott. Morning, Dave. Thanks for joining. Um, well, hey, the Bible describes who, how Christians should be mindful of the schemes of Satan. I'll read from 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What's the, what's the result of all this? What do we need to be doing before we even go anywhere and engage in a, a discussion or battle for the gospel? Uh, what is it that we need to do? Pray. 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 If we're prayed up and we're ready to go into this battle, and we should be ready all the time, but particularly when you go in a setting where you know there's going to be potential hostility and you know, resistance against your cause. So prayer is critical. Uh, believers must resist him soberly, vigilantly, and steadfastly. Uh, he wants to make us unfruitful for the Lord. Second uh, Corinthians 2.11, um, when tempted, the believer should submit himself to the Lord and resist the devil and Satan will flee. That's from James 4.7. So, in addition, this is, this is something that's very relevant for someone that's had an abortion because the condemnation of that act, even, even an unbeliever, uh, when they sit in front of an um, ultrasound, they're moved, you know, because God made us in a way that is sensitive to life. And some people, you know, some have become hardened over time where you know, their conscience is, is desensitized. But, but many young women actually respond when they see the child on the ultrasound. And uh, they, they do have a conscience, and I think the condemnation of the conscience is present as they, 
move past this, um, we call it a procedure, it, it, it really is a murder. Um, so for those who have had an abortion, I like these verses. Uh, in addition to being a tempter, Satan is also an accuser. He enjoys listing the many sins of believers, but the Lord Jesus, our advocate, defeats the accusations because he has paid the price for our sins. 1 John 2, 1 and 2. Would anyone like to read that? 1 John 2, 1 and 2. Great. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Okay, so propitiation is uh, satisfaction. So he has satisfied the debt that we owe, and uh, he's paid it. Not 90%, 100%. So when we sin, even as believers, even outside of this realm of discussing abortion, we can know that we have a faithful advocate. There is no greater advocate than we should rejoice because we can be free, free indeed. And the people that are, uh, you know, enslaved or entangled in conscience over their sin, they can be free. They can trust Jesus. It is a difficult burden for someone that's been party to abortion and is convicted in their heart that what they've done is take a life. That's difficult. Um, but at the same time, uh, this is the way to be free and to walk in a life that serves the Lord. And that's his power. He's taken our shame, our guilt, and we can walk free. And uh, that's really hard to adopt by people that are, you know, they're, they're different types of sins. Okay. <laughs> she, she takes priority, man. Bring her, bring her over here. Okay. Okay. Well, it's good to see Dave. <laughs> um, so Satan is described, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, as the God of this age. The God of this age. He has dominion over the world and its system. Uh, that's John 12, 31 and 1 John 5, 19. Anyone want to read John 12, 31? Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. Wow, that, that was quick, Dennis. You were reading. Yeah. Um, so Satan will be thrown into the lake of fire forever to be tormented for his rebellion and works of evil. The dominion of Satan over the world may seem unassailable, but the devil cannot withstand the power of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. So who are some of Satan's agents that are out there? Of course, we know our, our battle is with Satan, but he, he uses, uh, he comes as an angel of light. He, um, he has agents that work knowingly or unknowingly on his behalf to uh, do these things to believers and to, um, you know, condemn those who have had an abortion and, um, you know, blind the eyes of those that are heading into a clinic. So when we look at how that manifests, who are some of the, um, the uh, agents that work on Satan's behalf? I'd say the overall culture is with a focus on it's all about me. Absolutely, Karen. The overall culture, all about me. Yes. Any others? Uh, Mm. Because for those of you who have watched Unplanned about the life of Abby Johnson, I mean, it's just, it's very icky, like, what you're doing each day. And I think in order to continue doing it, you have to kind of start telling yourself lies. 
pretty in your face that you're taking the life of, of a child. We had a situation recently where we were out on the sidewalk of Coalition Life, and we had this younger Hispanic woman come in, and she was looking for a job um, at Planned Parenthood, and, and my coworker was able to tell her, like, don't do that. Like, you'll be cleaning up body parts. Like, if you want a housekeeping job at Planned Parenthood, this is what your job description is going to be. So don't do it. Wow. So, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, kind of going back to dehumanization, I just think that, that Satan loves to utilize a seared, a seared conscience. You know? hmm. that, that's good feedback right out of Romans 1. Uh, if we let, read Romans 1, we can pretty much find this practice. Um, you know, Planned Parenthood is an agent of evil. National Abortion Rights Action League. I'm not familiar with them, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think they renamed themselves. They moved. I can't remember what they renamed themselves to. They kind of get abortion out of the title or something. Everyone's doing the reproductive rights is kind of the, the catchphrase these days because it spins in a very positive way. You know. Yeah. I have kidding. We say the Democrat Party. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> any party that officially adopts on their platform that abortion is a right. Uh, yeah. sorry, but that's you, you know, recently on Fox News, and I sent this to Bruce, he may even recall the more details than I, but there was a state, at least one state, was it New Mexico, maybe? I, I can't remember exactly, but, but the article... It was actually a, a clinic that was born out of Satanism. And oh, in, in the, they would have an incantation that as the girl took RU486 RU or the abortion pill, that she would recite, and I wish I had it in front of me, but ultimately it was affirming that I am doing this of my own free will and I'm doing this, uh, which is best for me. And it, it was just so incredibly evil. And uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I can post it if you want it. But Planned Parenthood, you know, with abortion, they, they are a very negative resource out there. Um, you know, I removed some of the graphic elements in this, but I'm going to pass this out and maybe I, I've never officially worked in a marketing role, but I did look at their website and I thought it was good enough to, you know, take a look at this and see how they are doing the schemes of Satan and appealing to young women. Um, if you could pass these back, please. And if let's see. But this is just pure evil. Uh, and I'll go through here and we can look at it and kind of discern some of this. What was the name? Abby Johnson? Abby Johnson, yeah. She, she was in a, like a Planned Parenthood abortion director. And then she, like, bit by bit, the Lord got a hold of her. But she just started realizing, like, what she was actually doing. And then she became a really passionate pro-life activist now. So. It's a powerful move. Yeah, I haven't. I'd love. I'd like to see it, but it's definitely worth seeing. Yeah, it's what, definitely. Worth what is it? What's the name of it again? It's called Unplanned. Um, yes, the wife of Abby Johnson. She was in Texas. Yeah, she was in Texas. Yeah. So everybody got a copy. So uh, it's amazing. You think of a young lady that has had an unplanned pregnancy. And she's looking at her options. And she's perhaps, uh, even if she's in a church, a lot of the, I, I don't know what percent, of course, but I've read enough literature. You know, there are young ladies in churches that know this is a sin, but they don't have confidence. They don't want the condemnation of a church. And sometimes it's really hard to, be open with that and try to work through it. Thankfully, our elders have set a stage where they're shining the light and, and um, you know, the aroma of Christ where 
hopefully that wouldn't happen. You know, every church has situations they've had to work through, but the ones I'm aware of, New Community Church, you know, there's been great success ministering to the girls that, you know, if that situation has come forward. So page one, I tried to underline some things, and then other pages I circled things, but I didn't have a consistent system. But if there's a mark by it, it's something I thought was an appeal, a direct appeal. So abortion is common, common. And people have abortions for many different reasons. Only you know what's best for you. Okay? But good information and support can help you make the decision that's best for your own health and well-being. Is this not amazing? Can you see the appeal? Angel of light. If you're thinking about having an abortion, you're not alone. Millions of people face unplanned pregnancies every year, and about four out of ten of them decide to get an abortion. Now, to a young person, this sounds much less, there's no scent of evil there. This is kind of a friendly appeal, like we we care about you. Some people with planned pregnancy also get abortions because of health or safety reasons. And overall, about one in four women in the U.S. will have an abortion by the time they're 45. Sometimes the decision is simple. Do you see that? Other times it's complicated, but either way, the decision to have an abortion is personal and you're the only one that can make it. Everyone has their own unique and valid reasons for having an abortion. Some of the many different reasons people decide to end a pregnancy include they want to be the best parent possible to the kids they already have. Wow. They're not ready to be a parent yet. Wow. It's not a good time in their life to have a baby. They want to finish school, focus on work, or achieve other goals before having a baby. They're not in a relationship with someone they want to have a baby with. They're in an abusive relationship or were sexually assaulted, and the pregnancy is dangerous or bad for their health. So the literature I've read, over 90% of abortions occur that do not involve, um, you know, abusive behavior or um, sexual assault or risk of life to the mother. You know, it's a much smaller percentage, and Molly, correct me if I'm misstating, but I believe it's well over 90%. You know, those are definitely the minority cases where, you know, even the church has controversy over, but God's Word says He created us, and we're not to take life. So the, yeah. It kind of struck me here, Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Well, things have changed. I mean, you know, 30, 40 years ago, I mean, it was nothing but a fetus. But today, they don't care. I mean, it's to the point where they, they acknowledge that it's a baby. And they still have a right. Yeah. That, that's where, I mean, it's, it's evolved into this fountain now. I don't know if you got to see that movie we watched in class one. But it was uh, Ray Comfort's ministry, and they were going out in the street and talking to people in the culture and college students. And uh, they did. One woman said, I know it's a baby. I will kill it, and I'm proud of it, and I'd do it again. 
you know, very brash. Um, but that is a, a seared conscience, without a doubt. A um, couple of other things, deciding to have an abortion doesn't mean you don't want or love children. Um, skip down to what can I think about to help me decide. Family, relationships, school, work, life goals, health, safety, and personal beliefs. Um, skipping down, here are some things to consider. Um, and I'll go down to the underlined bullet. It says, would having a baby change my life in a way I do or don't want? So the decision to have a baby has been reduced to the individual, whether this is a convenience for their lifestyle or their family planning or even a personal preference, and it's a discomfort um, you know, this is, it was really sad to read this. If you go down to the bullet that starts with decisions, decisions about your pregnancy are personal. There are a lot of things to consider, and it's totally normal to have many different feelings and thoughts when making this decision. That's why it's important to get factual non-judgmental information about abortion. Factual, non-judgmental. Um, so, yeah. And then at the end of that paragraph, but the decision is 100% yours. So, there's actually at least three people involved here. <laughs> you know, you have the baby, you they just kind of dismiss, and then the father is non-existent. Good, good insight. Yes, and Nancy talked a little bit about that last week. Um, it can create um, tremendous grief in the life of a man, and uh, you know, most to escape responsibility, you know, are hard to find. But there are some that you know, really as a matter of conscience are haunted by, you know, abortions. And until they're ministered to, they won't get free from that. It's a part of them, you know, and God put that in us. Um, next page. This is just, remember, we're doing this because we want to know who we're up against. And I, I'm going to tell you, this is a work of Satan simply stated uh, the philosophy, and I believe, and, and Molly, you could confirm this, and I call on Molly because she works for the... Um, you get a snack at a May? <laughs> a May? Coalition for Life. Coalition for Life. <laughs> my memory, of course. <laughs> but, um, you know, a, a lot of the workers there, I'm sure they're very convicted that this is truth. You know, and... I don't know that, I mean, they are advocates for this, rabid advocates for this. Um, so the next page, and I didn't number them, but it starts with your local Planned Parenthood Center, has caring, I circled that, professionals. Next sentence, they'll give you expert care, accurate information about all your options, I don't think so. I think in most clinics, they will not allow a, a viewing of the uh, ultrasound because they know if the girl sees it, there's a high likelihood she will not continue forward. It's something about seeing that baby. And I've witnessed that. I've had the privilege. You know, there is a lot of counting in pro-life people because you want to count the people that have, you know, actually did that and walked away. But the untold number of thousands of women who have seen an ultrasound, um, it, it's a very high percentage. I don't know if it's 75 or above. Dennis? When I was with uh, the Pregnancy Resource Center, now thrive in 97, 98, 99. They used to talk about a statistic that there were three things. If the woman agreed 
said no good anymore. And then were witness to it. Hmm. The percentage of women that turned down and decided to keep the baby was like 90 some odd percent. Wow. You know, just, just off the charts. If they did those three things. What was the last thing that they I'm sorry? You and abortion? No. No, you you um, you agree to counseling. Uh-huh. You have an ultrasound. Okay. And do your baby. And then if you are a witness to it. In other words, and that's one of the primary. Witness to what? what? Um, the, the counselor would witness to it. In other words, in the Oh, witness. Witness, witness to I'm sorry, I'm for Christ. In other okay. words, if they uh-huh. could do those three things, uh-huh. it was off the charts. Okay. Like 90%. That's outstanding. Um, just the next paragraph. Other family planning centers, private doctors, they want to emphasize the point that you have confidentiality in this decision. Private doctors and abortion providers may also talk to you about your decision, but you're, when you're looking for a reliable health center, beware of anti-abortion crisis pregnancy centers. That was interesting. They've defined us as an enemy, clearly, on their website. These are places that may seem like normal medical clinics and claim to offer information about pregnancy options and abortion, but they don't provide abortion or a full range of health care. They often give you false or misleading information about pregnancy, abortion, and birth control. They usually don't have to follow privacy laws. Crisis pregnancy centers are often located very close to Planned Parenthood health centers or other real medical centers and have similar names. They do this to confuse people and to trick them into visiting them instead. No one should pressure you into making any decision about your pregnancy, no matter what. So it's important to get info to support your need from people who will give you the real facts and won't judge you. You know, when I look out, I haven't had direct crisis in this in my life, but as I look at other sins, you know, this is a script You know, that, I mean, if that doesn't come out of Satan's mouth, I don't know what does. Um, When I was, I had two children in my 40s. And when I had my fourth child, I was told by the doctor that there was this great percentage that something would be wrong with him. Mm -hmm. And would I like to have an abortion? You know, and I told him, I said, I don't care what this child is. God knows about him, and absolutely not. That's they beautiful. They weren't offering me an ultrasound. They weren't offering me any kind of genetic counseling. It was more, let's just get this abortion because mm. you're a, senior, a, a geriatric pregnancy. Wow. It's out there even for people that aren't walking around <laughs> looking for an abortion. Wow. Well, and it's, it's interesting here, Pat, you know, that you pointed out, Factual, non-judgmental information. And I know Megan has told us that they'll do an ultrasound, but they won't show it to the mother. And right. I think, well, well, why not? I mean, that's factual information, is it not? Right. It's, it's non-judgmental. It's right there. It doesn't serve the purpose. It doesn't serve the purpose. Yeah. That's right. Can I ask a question of Megan or Dennis? Or, or maybe Nancy. So it says this usually don't have to follow privacy laws. Is that true? Or, I mean... Your coalition might follow privacy laws. I was just talking to one of our sidewalk counselors that mm-hmm. if they come in, they say we follow HIPAA. No, we won't. Like, we're even really careful with, like, social media. We'll, we won't... Mm-hmm. If we, like, tell a story, we won't give, like, any kind of information that would give away who the person was. Like, mm-hmm. no physical descriptions, no, like, location of our, mm-hmm. like, sidewalk counseling site. So we try to be, like, really careful. Because a lot of things... Mm-hmm. You, you can't paint everyone in a broad stroke. I'm sure there probably are some crisis pregnancy centers that maybe aren't doing things as professionally as they should, but I know I know the good ones, that's just a false allegation. Okay. You said that so. you tell them but that I would we, assume. we follow HIPAA. HIPAA. But yeah. the difference probably is 
if you go to a doctor about anything, mm -hmm. you've got signs yeah. that you got that you got the HIPAA, but that you probably don't require them to sign. I don't know if we sign or not. I just know that our counselors will, will tell them sure. like we, this is confidential. We're not right. calling your parents. Mm -hmm. We're not calling anyone. Like as you meet with us, so yeah. And we have the ultrasound machine. We have the certified nurses. So it's just funny the way they try to paint us like we don't know what we're doing. It's right. like. Yeah. They almost paint you as if you do know what you're doing and it's evil. Mm -hmm. That's true. You know, you're you're trying to deceive. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing and just the next page, you can go to another state to get an abortion and it can take time to get an appointment and arrange travel. Of course now they can do this in some states via uh, what's the media there? Well, like with the doctor, the interface when you're at home, Tele telehealth video conference, and they can meet with a doctor through that means and be shipped or mailed the abortion pill. And that's how easy it is. And there, if you go online and do searches, there are all kinds of ads in you know the world we live in where you can get abortion pills that aren't regulated and they're they're not only dangerous they're they're already evil in nature but they're they're less stable you know like a pharmaceutical company has to go through clinical trials and understand the contraindications and risk and benefits of a product these are you know products that are non-regulated so it, it's so easy, it's been made so accessible, it's scary. And uh, they say, whatever you decide to do, get a doctor or nurse right away so you can stay healthy. And I won't go through all of this, but the next page, um, is abortion legal? Um, it depends on where you live. Some states have banned abortion or created lots of restrictions, but abortion is still legal in many states and it's legal to go to a different state to get an abortion. So they have a link here where you can check the closest place to you that does an abortion. So they're equipping you to go to another state. Now, St. Louis is obviously right on the borderline with Illinois, who has some of the most liberal abortion laws in the country. And um, I think um, your organization has opened a new office in Kansas City, right? Yeah, we're in Kansas City, and then we're in Carbondale, Illinois, and we're in Fairview Heights, Illinois, and we're in um, Flossmore, which is kind of close to Chicago. So yeah, we're, we have lots going on in Illinois. Illinois has, oh, it's awful. It's like California. Um, so what are the different kinds of abortion? I, d I didn't want to go too deep into this because it can get a bit graphic, and that's not the purpose of our class. But, you know, the medicine, it can end early pregnancy up to 11 weeks. And in in-clinic abortion, fast, this is how they describe it. Fast, simple, trained doctor in both kinds of abortion are safe and effective. Next page. I cut up, I asked made to cut one of the pages out of the handout because it just, again, it went further than I think we want to do here. But if you want to look this website up, you certainly can. So, uh, in other states, it may be a fairly quick video visit, and then you pick up your pills at the pharmacy or have them mailed to you. And then slipping down, uh, you can take your pregnant, they'll be provided with a pregnancy test that you can take at home to make sure the abortion worked. The paragraph here, this, this one, I put an exclamation point by it. This is so radical to me. Is abortion safe? Both in-clinic and medication abortions are very safe. In fact, abortion is one of the safest medical procedures out there. It has a lower complication rate than any other common medical procedures like getting your wisdom teeth pulled. 
unbelievable. And abortion pills are safer than medicines like penicillin, Tylenol, and Viagra. So it's safer than Tylenol to have an abortion, taking Tylenol. Oh, it, it's not the case. And then abortion's very common. And then the paragraph that I circled at the bottom, serious problems after an abortion are very rare. That's, <laughs> that's not true. The follow-up question needs to be, is abortion safe? You say, for who? I mean, the mother or for the child? I mean, oh, good point. Because they, they have totally forgotten the baby in this whole equation. Well, and not only that, but I mean, what, how do they define healthy or you know, safe? I mean, how many women that have had abortions then find out they have fertility issues later? Absolutely. And it's like, well, that's not safe by the normal definition. When I was over at the Illinois clinic one morning, um, the doctor, they, they were, they're next to a hospital, and I forget the name of the hospital, but they had to take a patient over to the hospital, and she died from complications of having an abortion. I was there that day. I know it's more, much more common than disclosed. And by the way, the number of abortions as we count them, you know, they're saying we've had 64 million since Roe versus Wade. That is not at all the case because the, I think it's the Guttmacher Institute that counts these as a very liberal, liberal organization. And they, the count does not include states like California um, and there's several other states. They don't report data. So we don't know what happened there. I mean, California alone is as large as a country in, in some cases. And then you can buy them online that are, you know, possibly knockoffs that you, you just don't know. It's, it's way higher than 64 million. Um, I, I can't say how much, but I, I'm just guessing. It, I, w I would say maybe 25% higher easily. Um, you know, there are companies in the pharmaceutical industry. I was offered a job. And it was appealing. The guy that offered it to me was actually a guy that I'd run across, you know, every couple of weeks. And he was so nice. And, um, you know, I, I was very interested. The timing might have been right, and it would have been an advancement in my career. And I may remember this, but um, I started doing research on the company just to make sure hey, this is a reputable company, they're very large. And I saw something about an abortion protest, so I kept reading. And then I realized that it was not part of the promotional part of the job that I would have been associated with uh, because it was mine was more focused on diabetes, cardiovascular health. But in that company and part of their uh, you know, stock and profit sharing and, you know, the value of the company, they had another arm that was women's health care. And they actually provided bags for or saline solutions for abortions where they would, you know, put these into the environment of the child and basically salt poison the child. That's how they did it. And then there were other products that were very questionable in terms of they certainly didn't uh, say primarily that they were designed for abortion, but um, they definitely could have led to an abortion. So I had to eliminate that opportunity, even though I, I just couldn't in good conscience work there, even though I wouldn't have to touch it. But, you know, if you think about that, every pharmacy, uh, I can't say every pharmacy, but most pharmacies dispense medications related to abortion. So, you know, basically everywhere we are and work in this society, we have to be careful not to support abortion. I mean, hey, I don't go far as, as far as saying don't pay your taxes because scripture says pay your taxes. 
but <clears throat> our tax dollars go to support abortions. Um, we don't designate them that way, but we're, we're all influenced by this. So, um, you know, the page, uh, I'll just read some of these taglines to you, and you can read this more in detail later. But bottom line, <clears throat> um, plan on resting after your abortion. You can usually go back to work, school, and most other normal activities the next day. Is that true? That, that sounds awfully suspect to me. Um, skipping down a paragraph, most people feel fine within a day or two. Um, next paragraph, it's totally normal to have a lot of, oh, I've read that, okay. Or no, that was, that, it's totally normal to have a lot of different emotions after your abortion. Uh, everyone's experience is different. Now this is an exclamation point. And there's no right or wrong way to feel. Most people are relieved and don't regret their decision. Others may feel sadness, guilt, uh, or regret in abortion. Down the, uh, to the paragraph that says most people feel better, I wanted to highlight the last sentence there. For spiritual support before, during, or after an abortion check out this website. So this is spiritual support. I have been outside the clinic, at least in Missouri and Illinois, and there are people in churches that are advocates. There, there are people of the cloth, so to speak, that, and there are seminaries in St. Louis uh, that actually send people over to comfort the girls and they're helping the guards, they're part of the process. They see no wrong in this and they profess the name of Christ and teach the Bible in their seminaries. Sure. I would say the scripture up front to prevent the abortion. But I'll, I'll stop there and jump over into a couple, thanks Dennis, just a couple of points I want to make before we have about 10 minutes. Time flies. But there's some positive resources and I want to touch those. Um, some truths from National Right to Life. Uh, Women have cited social reasons, not the mother's health or rape incest as their motivation in 93% of all abortions. A January 2021 poll from the Marist poll found that 51% of Americans oppose legal abortions, except in only three or, four, uh, three or fewer circumstances when the pregnancy results from rape or incest or when it threatens the life of the mother. This is interesting, since 1973, the Supreme Court made uh, abortion legal in the United States, but here's a large percentage of the target of the abortions. It's minorities that our society professes radically to protect. More than 23 million black, Hispanic, and other minority babies have been aborted in the U.S., and that because the Hispanic abortions were not listed as separate, a separate category, that number's probably far higher. Um, abortions have really gone up. They just released the 2021 data in the abortion uh, survey data, um, relying on reports from health departments across the country. The CDC reported that abortions are increasing year to year. Um, there are numerous organizations, and I'm gonna get to yours, Molly, but a few of them, the mission, I just grabbed their mission statement so you can see what they are doing and stand for. 
The mission of the national right to life is to protect and defend the most fundamental right of humankind, the right to life of every innocent human being from the beginning of life to natural death. And it's important to me because we talked about the purpose of an organization that will seek to prevent abortions. And it's important to note that many, if not most of the people that are in this battle are doing it, they, they want to prevent the abortion and save that life. That's a laudable goal, certainly. Um, but there's little mention of the gospel. There's little mention of the motivation of the heart for the people that are out there. So ultimately, um, we need to be there in some capacity as a, as a church and as a broader church, you know, have people there that are bringing the gospel to the people in this setting because there is a life at stake and we do want to prevent that and we do want to follow up with mothers and be a light for sidewalk counselors, but our purpose is driven by the gospel. Okay. Yeah. You know, you mentioned earlier about the agents, Satan's agents or whatever, and, and you know, we've, we've talked about some things, but one of them is our own heart. Good point. You know, our flesh. Good and point. I was thinking about Romans 8, 7, in relation to these women who do resort to abortion, I'm not talking about the promoters of abortion or the zealots who celebrate abortions, but just your average woman, I suspect, fits into this category. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Mm. It cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. If they're lost, you know, yeah. they're going to be susceptible to what Satan and the world are telling them. And they have no capacity necessarily, to, you know, any deep capacity to be able to combat those messages. And that's why we have to be sensitive to these women and do the very thing you're talking about. But you mentioned the third thing was witnessing, you know, so that their hearts might be changed. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Who said, I've met the enemy and the enemy is me? I don't know. <laughs> but that's really true. So we got a few more minutes. And in that time, I'll read the Coalition for Life. And I like the mission statement. It has, the Coalition of Life wants to end abortion peacefully and prayerfully Coalition for Life is a Christ-centered, community-based pro-life organization comprised of hundreds of churches and organizations of various faith backgrounds and thousands of individuals working to end abortion in St. Louis and the surrounding metro area. I like that they are Christ-centered. At least they define that in their mission statement. Um, it, your website says... Uh, Sidewalk counselors, client care specialists, and volunteers have helped save over 3,800 women, um, helped them leave abortion facilities and children alive. Sidewalk counseling is what it implies. Trained volunteers are present, educating women about their choices and find better health care alternatives. Um, and all sidewalk counselors are trained by the Coalition of Life staff um, to approach the women entering Planned Parenthood to help guide them along the way. And, you know, some of the facts, Numer former abortionists called sidewalk counseling the most effective method for saving lives and ending abortion, sidewalk counseling. They have a group called Women's Care Connect. 2,400 clients have been served to help prevent abortions, free pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, referrals, and supplies. And um, a couple of calendar items. Coalition for Life March on March 23rd, 2024. I've done that before. And uh, it was very rewarding. 
I actually believe there's a potential a life could have been saved because I was outside the clinic and most people would, you know, give me gestures that indicated uh, I, was, I was number one <laughs> or, or some, uh, you know, I learned some vocabulary words out there. But uh, there was one young lady that responded and said, really, I can get a free ultrasound. It's really free. And I said, absolutely. And um, they, at least at that point, they, they seemed to want to pause. Uh, the other one's the Summer Gala, July 23rd. Where is that, Molly? So that's at Greensfelder Recreation Complex, which is Queenie Park, Baldwin. Okay. That, that. Yeah, same, same location. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right, so I'm gonna... <laughs> I'll finish here with a recent article. This was November 22nd, 2023. Missouri takes this matter very seriously. It, some Missouri lawmakers are renewing a call for the state to take an anti-abortion step that goes further than prominent anti-abortion groups want to go and that has not gained much traction in any state so far. It would be a law that would allow homicide charges against women who obtain abortion. That's really aggressive. Republicans in both the State House and Senate have introduced bills to be considered uh, to apply homicide laws on behalf of the victim who is an unborn child at every stage of development. That's, uh, that's a radical step, but it's amazing. At least Missouri is very conservative on this issue, and that's something we can be proud about. But I'll end here. What does this all mean? Our purpose is to bring the gospel to those who need it. Um, any questions before we break? I've got one that probably can't be answered in the time I have left, but I'll catch you later. I'll just pose the question. When you look at the political landscape, and there's some that say up to 16 weeks is better than not having it at all. Yeah. So we're in the, stepping in the right direction and what, it's, it's right. It would be better to, to say things, but is the, and, and I just, I don't do well in gray areas. Yeah, you know what? It's very gray. I tried to get a map of the states that are pro-life, um, pro-abortion, and it was extraordinarily difficult because there's so many fine edges to this. There were like 20 maps, but most of them were red, and there seemed to be about 10 states that were blue on the map that would be, you know, allow abortion into advanced stages. To that question, you're absolutely right. Abs I mean, it's almost choosing the lesser of two evils because if you vote, I think there, everyone in the race, to my knowledge, has some level, even if it's six weeks or all, you know, all the way to the end of a delivery. But um, it, it's a situation where there is no purist out there that says absolutely none, period, end of story. These are ch children God created, and we will not allow abortions. I don't know that there's a state that goes that far. So that would be the ideal, but some of these others are better than nothing. Is that kind of what you're saying? That, that is, I mean, certainly if you had to choose and someone has the lesser of two evils, it, it's sin no matter what. But you, you know, that's a person's choice that they have to make in the privacy of their conscience in the voting booth. But ultimately, some are much more conservative than others. I think DeSantis was like six or eight weeks. Yeah, the battle seemed to be between six weeks and 12 or 15 weeks. I can't yeah, and there's... Different states are going And Gavin Newsom, that was on Fox in that debate, you know, he was, it's, um, 
it's between the doctor and the mother and their conscience after seven months to nine months. But I'll close it down. I don't want to go past the time. It's 12.17. But um, May. Absolutely. Rose's baby. Well, Father, we come to you again just to close and we thank you for the discussion. Believe it honored you. And we just pray that we would be edified in the battle against abortion. Uh, to protect the lives you created, edified uh, in our knowledge, edified in our ability to apply it. And uh, again, we pray for uh, Jared and Megan, and we pray for Rose and Scott, who are here on the verge of uh, getting much closer to delivery of one of your created children in the womb, that secret place. We just thank you, Lord, for, for Rose and uh, her optimism and how she's representing life and being here today and throughout the course. What a, what a blessing to see an expectant mother be excited and joyful about what you're doing uh, in her heart and in her womb and in her life, her family and Scott's life. We uh, love you, Lord. Thank you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.